Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all the dog show with julie forbes you're listening to alternative talk am 1150 or perhaps you're listening to us from itunes or soundcloud or our website archives dogradioshow.com however you're listening to us welcome to the show talking with ardith devries who's with one of my favorite organizations old dog haven their walk for old dogs is coming up sunday july 23rd at Cromwell Park in Shoreline, and uh, I was I was in attendance last year, and it was awesome. It was so many adorable older dogs strutting their stuff. Ardith, welcome back to the Dog Show. It's great to have you here again. Thanks, Julie. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and this is a tender time for us because we just had to say goodbye to our old dog haven final refuge dog, Lois, just about two yes. weeks ago, I think now. Yes, it's been two weeks. Ugh. <laughs> a very, very difficult, uh, oh, very difficult time. It's but so, what a wonderful life she had with you. It really, it's, it's, you know, in a lot of ways no different than when a family member dies, a four-legged family member. I think the fundamental experience, at least in my experience, has been there's certainly some similarities regardless of circumstance. Yes. Lois, yes. you know, we had for three years and got her as an older dog through Old Dog Haven. We think she was about 12 when we got her. And, uh, you know, they weren't sure if she had too much longer to live. Uh, She had some um, compromised airway and uh, had some weight to lose and all this stuff. And she stuck around for a while. And, uh, you know, good nutrition and good care and um, lots of love and attention. And it was really, really amazing to witness her transformation and we you know we ended up actually learning some details about her life before because a neighbor of the person who had her sort of in the interim before she ended up in the shelter was kind of keeping an eye on her online through the Mm -hmm. old dog haven facebook page right and so she actually reached out to me eventually um because she saw me posting about her on the the dog show facebook page and uh, she was able to fill us in a little bit. And her mom, actually, her original owner, who she, I, we think she lived with for, you know, most of her life, passed away. And then her son took her and uh, I don't think knew how to care for her very well. But um, and uh, then she ended up, you know, in the shelter and then she came to us. So yeah. to witness her really adapt is was really we you know, we're a lot of things come to mind about Lois, but impressed is certainly one of those things. <laughs> and I think you guys see that a lot. You know, that seems to be like one of the things like you just it's really amazing to see these older animals kinda okay, you know, here I am now, I'm in a I'm in a good space and I'm gonna move forward. You know, regardless. Yeah, it's it's um, you know what you talked about was you know the transformation and what we see all the time is the adaptability and the resilience of dogs that mm-hmm. come to us that you know as in Lois's case you think well perhaps she won't be able to to stay very long and yet um, they do 
And it's all of the things that you mentioned that make such a huge, huge difference, you know, safety, security, love, um, and, and feeling valued. The, uh, the, whole, the whole concept of what we do, the dogs that come to us, regardless of circumstances, regardless of whether they're, you know, surrendered to a shelter or someone dies and they find themselves homeless, the bottom line is that no one wants them or is able to care for them. And when they get into a situation with people who want them, um, it's an amazing thing. I just mm-hmm. now, uh, a week ago, took in a, a final refuge dog who um, is you know, mostly blind and deaf, and and he came from a situation where his people were moving and they weren't going to take him. Mm. Um, he'd been a member of their family for 15 years, and so his situation was uh, scary and confusing, and what I've seen in the last week since he's been here is that he finds himself in a situation um, where we value his companionship and his what he has to teach us. And so it's a, it's a win-win situation. Mm. I think you bring up something really, really important and really powerful around this, um, where the animal, in this case, we're talking about dogs, but, but feeling wanted, which would be also assuming or asserting that they know the difference, right? Oh, oh, they certainly will see that dogs process everything intuitively, Julie, um, and they have a, a straight line. They don't they don't garbage things up as we humans do, right. intellectualizing and analyzing right. and doing all that stuff. And because they process everything emotionally, they get everything that's going on in mm-hmm. terms of, of stress and happiness and both ends of the, ske- the spectrum. And so uh, regardless of their circumstances, uh, you know, whether it's a very sad situation where their person dies and, and they find themselves, you know, without the person that they have lived with for a long time um, or whatever other kinds of reasons, um, they are able to adapt and recognize that it's going to be different now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's, it's an exciting and, and, as you say, a really awesome thing to watch the transformation that occurs. Um, it never ceases to amaze me. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been with Old Dog Haven? Oh, almost since the beginning. Um, Old Dog Haven, Judith and Lee started Old Dog Haven at the end of 2004, and I came on board in 2005. Um, uh, A friend uh, sent me a a link to their newly developed website and said, I think that you would um, like this organization. And I looked at it and immediately emailed Judith and said, what can I do to be of help? And so, um, however many years that it is now, you know, 13, 12, 13 years, um, mm. here I still am mm-hmm. <laughs> doing my thing. How many dogs-ish have you taken into your home and witnessed? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to count. count. Um, of course, when they come here, I could never foster a dog short term. I would be what they call a failed foster because when they come here, they stay yeah. forever. And um, and so, I mean, over the years, it's been, I, I can't even, 20, 30 maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and some of them say I've had, I had one dog that was only with me for six hours. Mm. And that's another thing, too, about our role in the lives of the dogs that come to us. We like to think and we hope 
that they will be able to stay for a while and that we can help them improve the quality of their life. But in this particular case of this one dog, I was the person who needed to send him on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else could. And and so he was here for six hours, and, and I looked at him and I thought, oh, poor baby, you you can't be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, your body has failed you and your mind has failed you, and uh, it's just a, a really sad situation for him to continue to, you know, try to live in, in, in the body that, that wasn't working any longer. And so, you know, so that's the shortest length of time and probably the longest period of time that I've, that I've had a dog that was able to stay with me um, physically was maybe maybe about five years or so, um, mm-hmm. and somewhere you know things vary in between, mm-hmm. um, depending. But you're right when you said earlier they want to stay as long as they can, and and dogs want to be well. That's a kind of a contrast to many people who get a great deal of mileage out of not feeling well, and um, they don't understand that they're in charge of that whole experience, whereas dogs get it. Mm. And if they're given an opportunity to get good medical care and feel safe and secure, um, they're going to, you know, just power through whatever is going on um, just, you know, just because they still would like to be here. And uh, so it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes back to what we were talking about, about this, okay, it's, it's not just about, health care and no, you know no. it's that they feel that they're they're being nurtured that they're valued that they're loved and they're like oh i mean we felt lois was like oh oh i'm gonna stay here as long as i can you know because right. she well you know you could see you posted pictures of her which were wonderful of her time with you from the very beginning and, and until the end yeah. and uh, aside from the weight loss and the and the physical changes there was a look in her eyes yeah. um you know in the in the middle and and even toward the end that that showed that that light that was not there initially when you got her um it was there it was a it was a she was a dog who, who loved being with you and and loved her life was mm-hmm. a very happy camper mm-hmm such an interesting process for me to mm-hmm. uh, not only witness her, you know, we had her for the, just over three years and I felt like there was, you know, the, the first year, the second year, or the third year um, right. where we really saw her, her, her settling in process yes. Yes. really sort of continue to deepen. Mm-hmm. And also my relationship with her, she was kind of more primarily connected to me, mm-hmm. um, Although, you know, Darcy and I both loved loved her dearly and, and all that. Um, but she really, like, was like, you are, you yeah. know, you're mine. Right. Um, you're my person. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, I just loved her from, the, from the, the get-go. But to feel that, like, as it does with any dog, like, you live with them for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then she's just... Uh, the the love is as deep as I've felt for any dog that I've ever had, yes. you know, whether yeah. I've had them for 12 years or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and, and certainly unique in, in witnessing her, you know, sort of her end of life process and um, kind of an honor to really provide that for her. But right. I mean, right. she was my baby by the, you know, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how a house full of animals can feel this sort of emptiness when Isn't one. So? I, yeah. I have felt the same thing over the years. I yeah. just, 
uh, recently had to say goodbye to two dogs within the last month. Mm. And um, and even though there were still others, um, the, the each dog's individual presence, mm-hmm. you know, imprints. And when when that dog is is physically not there any longer, um, it's um, it's just a major adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was a strong. I think you know. I think it, it it would be the case regardless. But she was a strong. She kept everybody in line. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and that took that was part of the adjustment process. Was sure. every everyone else, especially the other older females, right? Not saying who's in charge. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it really, uh, really is interesting. Do you feel, um, you know, you have had so much experience with old dog haven dogs mm-hmm. who have been with you anywhere from six hours to five years? Do you get used to the grief? No. Yeah. No. And and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Which I think sounds perhaps odd because because um, the dogs that come to us, um, I think they deserve to be honored and to be grieved for, mm-hmm. um, and and so um, getting used to it, you know, I don't know that I don't know if that's emotionally possible. Uh, you know, I have friends who are vets, and and the euthanasia aspect of their business is always difficult mm-hmm. for them, regardless of how many times they have to send a dog on his or her way. And um, you know, I don't know that it ever becomes any easier. Maybe the maybe the process and seeing the signs that indicate that you know time is running short, you you get better at that with time. But um, but the actual feeling of loss. Um, is is very specific to each dog, and um, I have found that that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It, it, the The last one is as hard as the first one, mm-hmm. um, which is good, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I that really resonates because I have written if I've ever seen a a friend post about you know that they've had to say goodbye to their family pet or. Right. Um, you know, and how sad they are. And, and I, what's, what's there for me when I say something, when I do, you know, just write a little comment or something, mm-hmm. is that I, you know, of course, understand, you know, it's like I've been there and, you know, there's not a whole lot more you have to say. Right. But that, but that what I celebrate is that that animal was so loved and that that yes. animal has somebody or has people who are crying for them. Who, yes. who are missing them, who are grieving yeah. for them. I think it's a yeah. beautiful way to honor um, an individual who you've shared your life with is to be right. connected to the grieving right. process. Yeah, and, and I think that um, uh, for me, I, one of the things that I do for Old Dog Haven is that I is that I answer what I call dog mails, where people write to me and say, is it time, you know, the, mm. the end of life question in terms of, you know, the, helping the dog move on. Um, and what I tell people all the time is that for me, the struggle, watching the, watching the dog struggle to maintain any kind of quality of life is much, much more difficult than the grieving that comes after the dog is gone. Because at least after the, the dog has left his or her body, you are left with that celebratory, oh, what a wonderful life we had together and how much we loved each other and what I've learned from the dog and what the dog hopefully learned from me. You have all of those positive things, but um, watching the deterioration process, as I'm sure you know with Lois, 
that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. It's frustrating, and it's uh, there's a sense of helplessness there in terms of I can't do anything more to help you mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. It's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I say, the people that I talk with, and this is an everyday kind of thing, um, that's the thing that they struggle with. And in some cases, they know intuitively, um, because mm-hmm. my, my whole thing is look at the quality of life. That's the bottom line. What kind of quality of life? Is, is your dog having at this point? And, and they instinctively and intuitively know what to do, but it's just so hard that they have a hard time bringing themselves to making you know, that decision. And, and what I say is you've got to get out of your own way. Yeah. You've got to think about what's in the best interests of the dog mm-hmm. and uh, move past your own sense of not wanting to, to, to lose the physical presence of your friend and, you know, think about what's best for them. But it's tough stuff. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think, especially with a compromised animal, but with yes. with all of our pets, but especially with a compromised animal, right. as, you know, one of the things that I'm really appreciating about Lois, because she was our, our oldest and most recent to pass, um, was how much nurturing energy... I, you know, put in, put towards her, how much, how much we, we both Darcy and I really thought about her, mm-hmm. you know, made adjustments, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, all of the, um, activities around, you know, getting her booties for her hind end for traction, mm-hmm. which made a huge difference for her for a few months. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, being in contact with with uh, Jet City Animal Clinic about you know medications or talking with Judith right. about this right. or that or and just every you know being so attentive to her and so right. nurturing and caring. And did it um, surprise you that you had that in you? No. <laughs> yeah. No. But it, yeah. it's it's for a, some people it does. Yeah, I can I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and- can definitely appreciate that. I really appreciate it. You know, I mean, we don't have human children, so our right. our our animals are our family. You know, right? Um, our dependents, mm-hmm. and so that sort of nurturing maternal energy goes there. And I think the thing that's a little weird for people as humans is that I the way that we're designed is that we are not like. Uh, generally supposed to die before our, our children that's right i mean right. i mean our children are not supposed sure. to die. right the yeah. the opposite, yeah, I, opposite of I what i just said I, I knew what you um meant. so when you have this animal who is a family member this animal who you you know or i'll speak for myself who i felt this very uh maternal role with mm-hmm. and and fiercely protective of and 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 you know all of the all of the energy that goes into that and then when it's end of life it's so counterintuitive for us as Mm -hmm. humans to to get with okay the best thing that i can do for you now the best way that i can protect you and take care of you is to essentially end your life yes that's not how we're wired no no, of course not. You know, of course not. And I think that's that's I've taught you know, and over the years I've had lots of conversations with people who are sort of freshly grieving, and mm-hmm. and that's something that is 
really resonates for people and I know does for me where you're kind of like, I mean, I feel really clear about that. Like I don't mm-hmm. get in my own way around it, but I right. get like instinctively you're like, that's, are you kidding me? Like I would, I would fight anything that would threaten this animal and yet I'm going to end its life. Yeah. But really understanding that that is the kindest thing to do in a lot of cases, because if the animal was out in the wild, they'd probably already be dead. Well, and it also kind of depends on your philosophy and your belief system in terms of what life is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I have people say to me all the time, I, I don't want to kill my dog. Mm-hmm. And my response is, life is more than just being here in a physical body. You know, and you've, you've uh, over the years, I'm sure, and maybe experienced yourself, talked to people who who sense the the energy and the spirit of the dog that's no longer physically with them still there? And my response is, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we don't live in a body any longer, it doesn't mean that we have ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing with, <clears throat> with taking a, a dog into your home, especially a senior dog, mm-hmm. uh, is <clears throat> is to providing them with a, a positive experience um, that gives them something to move forward with. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I always tell people, I'm sure that, that your dog, um, who was so well-loved and so well-cared for and so on, is probably, you know, saying uh, to the other dogs that are there in the, you know, collective or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you better, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to take a shot at being in a body next time, find these people because they are going to take really good care of you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think there's a there's a kind of a communication network that goes on there, but that's a whole other conversation. So. Well, and it brings that all up, you know, when you sure. that's what death sure. confronts us with is what are yeah. our, you know, spiritual, spiritual or uh, religious or w- whatever you want to call it. Right. Beliefs about what sure. does happen. You know, mm-hmm. where do you, where do they go? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then and then that brings up what is the meaning of all of this, you know? So it really brings up a lot. Yeah. Uh, We have, um, so we've felt Lois. I mean, I, like, one of our dogs, um, Levi, our cattle dog, our male cattle dog, um, one day, just a few days after she passed away, like, really randomly, I was in the, um, standing at the bathroom sink, and he oftentimes the dogs like to come in and follow you know follow us around and stuff he mm-hmm. like no big deal like he wasn't acting weird or like anything he wasn't acting afraid or anything he was just like oh this why wouldn't i do this got in the bathtub mm-hmm. never does that got in the bathtub right look f- sat faced out and looked up at a photo of a, a border collie with uh, front legs and cowboy boots that we got at the Vashon Sheepdog Trials years mm-hmm. years ago, looking up at the photo like as if he was seeing something, and I was right. like, "Okay, you know, is Lois here? Like, are you seeing Lois? Because that's that's what I feel like is happening right now." Sure, sure. Oh, and yeah. then yeah. the Sunday after, so she passed on Tuesday, and I uh, we went to um, for Father's Day, went to Emerald Downs. And when I wouldn't normally go to a racetrack, but it was for a Father's Day thing for a father's figure, father figure. So I knew we had this planned. And I was thinking to myself a few days, you know, 
coming up to the event, you know, a few days prior, like in my own head, having this conversation, I wonder if Lois will come through somehow. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, I, you know, I wonder if Lois, I wonder if I'm Lois, you know, maybe in a horse's name or I don't know. I wonder if Lois, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Very clearly, you know, kind of thinking, I wonder if, you know, well, I open the program and randomly to race eight and there's a horse named Mary Lois. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Okay. What are, I mean, if that's not a sign, I don't, I don't know what is, if that's not, especially given my previous conversations with myself and Lois around this event. Mm -hmm. So I put a hundred dollars on her to win and she won. (laughs) That's the best. Oh, that's the best part of the story. She was an older female. She didn't have a an escort horse to bring her to the gate, like kind of like the jockey was like looking around, like where's ours? Mm-hmm. She just trotted herself very calmly over, you know, and mm-hmm. that we were like, that's so Lois because her she was like, I'll do it my damn self, like about right. a lot of things, you know. Right, sure. Goes in there, last one to load up, no big deal, and then just held second the whole thing until the final stretch and then just took it and I was we were I was I love it I started I like it. bawling I was shaking and it wasn't about the money it was about like oh my no. gosh I mean I feel like she was like hello sure, sure. hello crazy Mary yeah. Lois I mean really really <laughs> like there's a horse <laughs> named chance. Lois at this race yeah, yeah. that's that's um, unlikely but that's great. <laughs> I, I love it It'd be quite a coincidence if that's just what it was. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> no, I know, huh? So what do you, um, do you have a uh, sort of coaching or um, just ex- things that you do that that help you move through the grieving process? You know, things that... Mm-hmm. You know, you if somebody was like, oh, I'm having a really hard time with, you know, the loss of my dog. Right. And, right. Um, you know, have have you coached people? I know you said that you coach people a lot sort of up to end of life when they're right. getting close right. to that. What about afterwards? And same the same thing. In fact, there's a um, I have a couple of articles on the Old Dark Haven website. One is, you know, uh, well, one planning ahead mm-hmm. in terms of if you're not able to care for your dog anymore, making arrangements so that the dog doesn't end up in a shelter or, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a situation where they find themselves homeless. The second is, you know, try, making the decision, the end-of-life decisions. But the third is, is exactly what you're talking about, uh, the grieving process. And and just, a, you know, a couple of things that I, that I talk to people about. Uh, first of all, you know, Never mind the tears and the sadness, because those are necessary parts of the of the grieving process. And and the dog that you loved and still love in spirit deserves to be mourned. Mm. And so, kind of honoring that. And and I talk to people about things that they can do. Um, you know, one of the things that you did on the website is put together that photo montage. Mm-hmm. I find that. Uh, for many people to be very therapeutic, where they can kind of review yeah. the life of their dog and uh, planting something in the in the garden mm-hmm. um, that is a growing, living thing mm-hmm. that will sort of signify the fact that you are trying to move on and celebrate the life of the dog with you, as a poor, as opposed to mourning the loss of a physical presence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and and the other thing too is is being open to the fact that your dog that is no longer physically with you may send you someone else. 
you know, I have people that say to me, I can't go through this again. I don't, you know, I don't want to do this. And, and my response is always, why would you give up the beginning and the middle for the end? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many dogs out there in shelters and, and involved in rescue organizations and so on that need homes. And you're, you're accepting another dog in your life is a way of honoring what the dog that has just left you has taught you. Mm-hmm. And so these are some of the kinds of things that I talk with, with people about. I think, you know, I think grieving can be a very productive process, mm-hmm. um, reviewing what you have learned from your dog. Uh, you know, I'm sure you and Darcy have done this with Lois, where you think about, man, that dog taught us a lot of different things. And, and also not ignoring the gifts that you gave to your dog. You know, in terms of providing a different kind of life for the dog, and so the, I think that grieving can be very, very productive. And um, many people have have said that they've tried these various different things and end up feeling better. I mean, the loss is still there; it never goes away. It tempers a bit with time, but it's it's a it's a kind of a feeling that that sort of morphs into something more than that, something bigger than just loss. And uh, so those are some of the kinds of things that I, you know, talk about. Yeah. Well, that uh, brings me to another another question and comment, but we're going to take a quick break. And uh, okay. we're going to talk more with Ardith DeVri- uh, DeVries. Ardith, am I saying your last name right? DeVries, yes. DeVries. Okay, great. Um, with Old Dog Haven, their Walk for Old Dogs is coming up Sunday, July 23rd, 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Cromwell Park in Shoreline. You can go to odhwalkforolddogs.org is the website specifically for the walk. You can also go to olddoghaven.org to find this wonderful organization. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country. But if you live in Western Washington, be sure it's St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host 
at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Northwest School of Animal Massage, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 16th, it's a Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. As an animal behavior therapist and trainer, I can help you understand your animal friends and resolve any problems, so plan to give me a call. Plus, Aline Fortgain will tell us all about her new proposal to transform Woodland Park Zoo. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. And now, back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, talking with Ardeth DeVries with Old Dog Haven, one of my favorite organizations on the planet. Uh, OldDogHaven.org is their website, and we are talking um, in anticipation of their annual, uh, big annual event. This is the sixth annual Walk for Old Dogs. It's Sunday, July 23rd from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Cromwell Park in Shoreline. The website for the walk is odhwalkforolddogs.org, and you can also get to that information from Old Dog Haven's website, which is olddoghaven.org. Um, we were at the event last year with, I've brought Lois and our uh, senior dachshund, Leia, and we were able to participate last year, and it was just the most adorable thing where there's this, you know, little loop that all these old dogs, and they were very, very well attended, you know, <laughs> lots of um, lots of dogs, and it just, it just uh, you know, I mean, you're like, oh, man, these, look at all these old dogs who many of whom are old you know in these homes because of old dog haven you know these are not just old dogs that people got as puppies but a lot of these dogs are old dog haven dogs and they're you know just adorable they're just adorable it's just like and this is such an important event because i mean one of the you know, not just the marketing of like, hey, there's this dog over here that needs a home or, hey, there's this old dog over here that needs a home. But Old Dog Haven covers all of the vet expenses of their dogs for the life of the dog, which is huge. I mean, that enables a lot of people to open their homes to an old dog who otherwise might not be able to because of the financial commitment. Um, so that's what 300 dogs you guys have over that's three, about right? Yeah. About 312, I think as of this morning. Yeah. It varies right around to the 300 number. Yeah. And our vet expenses are about $80,000 a month. $80,000 a month. Right. Yeah. Well, when you've got that many dogs and, uh, you know, part of what happens to Julie is that the, the older dogs end up in shelters because um, caring for an older dog, just as is often true with an older person, is expensive. Yeah. And and people get to a point where they just can't afford to do it any longer. And and sometimes the, the decision to give up the dog is heart-wrenching. Uh, I started a little nonprofit here on Whidbey uh, to assist with veterinary expenses for senior citizens because, and this has been several years ago, because I heard about a, a, an elderly woman on the south end of the island who was eating cat food because she couldn't afford to buy real food for herself 
because of her animal's medications. Mm. And so I thought, that just can't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so, uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all sorts of fun stuff happening at this event. There's the walk mm-hmm. where everybody good does their loop. And there's a dachshund race, which I yeah, think is... That's- that's, uh, I wanted to say a, a little bit about that. I don't know whether you know Gretchen Howell or whether you're familiar with the uh, uh, Dachshund Race for the Rescue. Um, typically, and, I'm, and I think it's probably going to happen again this year, uh, they do this at halftime uh, of a Seahawks game in um I've done Seattle. that. I've been in that with Leia yeah, years ago. Leia. Years there ago, yeah. Well, this is this is the same thing. And Gretchen is a, um, is a, a big fan and supporter of Old Dog Haven. And great story. Uh, we had an Old Dog Haven um, foster dog uh, named Floyd, who uh, is a doxy. And uh, she uh, met him last year in the race to the, for the rescue at the Seahawks game. And Floyd ran. Um, he, he didn't win, but he was there, and he represented Old Dog Haven. Mm. Um, she fell in love with him, and she adopted him. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, there'll be three different categories of the, uh, for the, the, the dachshund race. And this is open to everybody. It doesn't matter what age the dachshund is. Uh, the pros that have placed in any race, uh, rookies, uh, the ones that haven't run a race and, and placed in any first through fourth, and then alumni, any dachshund foster or final refuge or adoptee from Old Dog Haven. So our our alumni, Floyd, is going to be running in the race um, at the walk. And so that's a cool kind of thing mm-hmm. for us to celebrate him and what Gretchen does and, and all of the proceeds from the from the race, whether it's at the Seahawks game or whether it's, it's at our walk, um, they go to Old Dog Haven. Mm. So that's a, that's a fun thing. Well, there's a racing theme because there's the Dachshund race, and then there's Old Dog Haven has a race car. Yes, yes. Yeah, Gene Melange, who races his car at the Evergreen Speedway, and, and we're hoping that he still will be coming. He's recently just sold his car. Uh-oh. Um, and, um, and so I, it's a little iffy as to whether he will be here mm-hmm. this year, um, but he was there, you know, he was there last year, uh, mm-hmm. you know, supporting us. And, uh, and we've got a pageant, which I, that's just kind of one of my favorite things because um, people love to show off their dogs. Mm-hmm. And regardless of age and uh, the costumes that people uh, think of, from the very simplest kind of thing to these elaborate person and dog matching kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner last year was, uh, I don't know whether you know Dawn and Ben from Seattle Barkery. They have the treat truck for dogs. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, um, uh, and they'll be at the walk with, with their trucks. And their old Oak Haven dog is Marvin, whom I call Marvelous Marvin. And Marvin won first place in the in the costume uh, thing last year at the pageant, and he was the t- uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Just <laughs> adorable beyond any kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then there's Best Trick, which could, you know, people are just, they, they, they're so proud of their dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be anything from holding a cookie on their nose to something more elaborate. The winner last year was this little guy who never saw a soccer ball he didn't like. And he was just wheeling around there doing his thing with, with that ball. And it was, and, and I think his name was Fred, best time. Um, and then this year, uh, we have a, a, a different category uh, called Best Dancer. Which you Love know, it. if the dog wants to dance, fine. If the person wants to dance, fine. Or if they want to dance together, um, who cares? Just you 
know, kind of move to the beat of the music. And, and it's it's sort of our way of allowing people to, you know, to show off their dogs in whatever way, you know, in whatever way it works for them. Um, so it's uh, – the event is – is an amazing thing. I mean, you were there last year, and and you know, it, it's yes, it's a fundraiser, and yes, we we need the money because of our expenses and so on. But it's beyond that. Um, it is actually the largest gathering of old dogs ever held anywhere in the United States. I, I mean, it. last year there were there were over four hundred people last year yeah. with their dogs, and 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 again, I should say too that this is not just for old dogs. Any any dogs, um, regardless of age, can come, and uh, it's fun to see um, every size imaginable and breed imaginable. And and uh, and the, the 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 event is an experience, and we you know we give prizes to our top fundraisers in terms of individuals and in teams, and and our sponsors bless their hearts, who who. Uh, make it possible for us to hold this event and for every cent we take in all of that goes to the dogs mm-hmm. you know all of the permits and all the other things that are that are required to stage something like this are taken care of for our by our sponsors mm-hmm. um and and many of them are going to be there with you know with samples or selling things and mm-hmm. we'll have a swag booth I and mean, we'll have an old dog haven booth where people can get t-shirts and they can buy my book or they can get sweatshirts or Whatever, and so it's a whole. It's a happening. <laughs> it's just, yep. a, yeah. It's and I like you. I you know I'm the MC, which means that I kind of get to see it all. But I walk around and I look at what is happening, um, and the positive energy. It's just uh, yep. I love it. It's it's uh, you know it's an it's amazing. Very cel- There's a celebratory aspect to it. That that's it. You know, that's and it's exactly it. Yeah, it is a celebration. Yeah. Um, and we do, you know, we do what we can to make it a fun event for people, and you know, provide, uh, you know, various things for dogs to eat and for people to eat. Um, those are really cool pretzel sandwiches that um, that uh, the folks from the pretzel—I've forgotten what their name is—I should know. Uh, they'll be there, and ice cream, and and uh, so it's just a, an event. Um, and if it's hot again this mm-hmm. year, which hopefully it will not be, but yeah. if it is. Um, we have waiting pools for all the dogs, and we have volunteers that will be going around spritzing the dogs with, with cool water, and, and we'll provide shade canopies and yeah. that kind of thing. And so uh, we try to make it as, as comfortable as we possibly can for people. Yeah. yeah. It was but pretty... it's a celebration. It really is. Yeah. Uh, well, again, that Walk for Old Dogs is coming up uh, in July, July 23rd. That's a Sunday, 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., at Cromwell Park in Shoreline. The website for the walk is odhwalkforolddogs.org, and you can also get to that information through Old Dog Haven's main site, which is olddoghaven.org. Um, when Before the break, Ardeth, we were talking about um, some things that, that you recommend people do um, as part of a grieving process, and mm-hmm. I was one of the things you said, and I was like, oh, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know if I'm just looking for signs or if they just come, but when you were like, well, planting something, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, well, that's nice, because what I did literally before I came, right before I came into the station for this conversation with you, is I dug the hole, actually, I had to remove a couple trees, small trees that we planted last year, 
and dug the hole and got the soil ready and all of this stuff because tonight I am getting to plant the lilac uh, uh, that I bought for Lois mm-hmm. in her memory. Yes, it's one of my favorite flowers. Mm-hmm. I have loved them, you know, for very many, many, many years, and I've mm-hmm. always stopped and smell them. And I've always said I want a lilac tree, and I thought, well, that's what I'm going to get to remember Lois, and it's just going to be something that is beautiful and that brings me so much joy. And um, and so that's actually what I just did today. Finally, I finally was able mm-hmm. to get that get that ground ready, and she's going into her final resting place tonight. So yeah, and it does really feel like even pulling up those trees. Like I even started tearing up a little bit. I've been a mm-hmm. little a little to you know the days are days are different. Some of them are I feel a little more tender than others, and this one was a little more. And it, who knows why? maybe because I know I'm talking to you today, but, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm up there just beating up these, you know, stumps, trying to get them out of the ground, like, ah, you know, just like, and it, there's just something, um, just a way to kind of move that energy, release that yes. energy, yes. get, exactly. you know, and then also like in caring for the soil and getting the rocks out. And I was really thinking about that, that nurturing part of myself mm-hmm. that I, really got to experience with Lois, especially because of her oldest age of our dogs. Yes. Um, and, and just, you know, feeling the love for her and, yeah. and, you know, ta- talking to her a little bit and, um, but you would, you had, so that was like, oh, well, <laughs> it's funny that you said that because that's what I just did. Um, yeah. have you th- done that before? No. Planted something? No. You're going to find that that lilac is going to thrive. Um, I have done this many, many times over the years mm. for various different dogs. And regardless of what's going on with the other plants in the yard, those particular plants that are are planted in memory of a particular dog kind mm-hmm. of just symbolized the the growth that occurred, you know, in our lives together. Yeah. Um, they always look good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually just, um, like two weeks prior, um, did plant for the first, this was the the very first, and I just did, sort of forgot about it because we're talking about mm-hmm. dogs, but actually the day that Lois died, this, you know, just a couple weeks ago, it's actually two weeks ago today, I think, um, right. was a Tuesday, um, was the day after the one-year marker of my grandmother's death, mm-hmm. who I was a very, uh, was close with her. She was 102 years old. We moved her out here from Florida when, mm-hmm. you know, for basically the last month of her life. And I spent, right. you know, three solid days with her in her in her final days and all this stuff. And her her name was Lena Rose. And so we planted a, a rose um, rose bush for her. And um, and my mom did so actually a year ago. And that thing is like buds like crazy. So it sure. makes sense yeah. that I'm expecting yeah. this this plant to thrive because it's going, you know, and plants like to feel mm-hmm. love too, I think. So, Oh, absolutely. So one of the things that you had um, touched on, and I just wanted to ask you, and I, you know, I don't know if anybody has this answer really, but it's something that's inter- so fascinating to me is what is it about grief that so many people feel is so unbearable? Like, mm-hmm. I won't get another dog again 
Right. Because grieving my first one was so intense and there's an there's a perspective on it that it is unbearable. Mm-hmm. And it's and it must be a societal or cultural sure. thing that we have um because it is there is certainly this sadness and you feel like there's a wind tunnel going through your heart and it just you miss them and mm-hmm. I mean it I you know it's hard for sure Sure. But, you know, I just wonder what is that phenomenon where so many people are just like, it's the, the biggest thing that they fear about their dogs. I mean, that was the case for me when I was younger, when I had mm-hmm. my first right. dog. I was like, that's the thing I fear the most is his death. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of felt liberated of that after his death because I just felt my heart blow open and my love expand and all this stuff. But I don't know, like we we don't. Uh, handle death as as gracefully no. as we do birth, you know? No, no, we don't handle death well at all in this society. I think part of it, and Julie, is that um, we live in a society where grieving for a human being is perfectly acceptable. I mean, there are support groups, there mm. are all kinds of things available for people to help them deal with the loss of a, of a human um, family member, friend, lover, spouse, whatever. But you know, you and I are part of the the, the dog community, and and many many people are, and so and so there's an understanding within that group. But I think for many people, uh, at least the people that I talk with, uh, the grieving process is so hard for them because they they say things like, "I don't have anybody to talk to about this that will understand what I'm feeling." Yeah, and they they feel very isolated and not able to communicate to people because people say things like, well, it's just a dog, for God's sake. Uh, and, or the dog was really old. What, you know, what, get over it. Or um, I had a woman that I talked with just recently, and her dog, uh, her dog died about six weeks ago, and she said, all of my friends keep telling me that I should be over it by now. And so many times people who are grieving um, for an animal friend don't have a forum or a platform or anyone to uh, to share what's going on with them, mm-hmm. and that makes it that makes it for many people unbearable. Yeah, because they feel isolated, and of course, when you don't have a mirror in front of you, and when you don't have the um, the assistance of other people or something to read or whatever works for anybody, it's, it's all different. Um, things inside of you um, become bigger than life, yeah. and uh, a feeling of sadness escalates into mm-hmm. desolation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's nothing to temper it. Yeah. And I think that's why it's unbearable for so many people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's so I've I've learned um, the importance of, of really f- feeling, expressing, moving, mm-hmm. whatever whatever's going on. Because right. one thing, my experience of grief is that it sort of has its way with me, and I have yes, it just exactly. all of a sudden, yeah. I'm feeling pissed off, and then shortly after that, I find myself just crying because I feel sad, and that was sort mm-hmm. of the precursor to it. And if I don't, you know, emote and and express and move that energy, move that emotion, it it doesn't go to good places. It, it's not right. good to bury right. that inside. Exactly. So that would you make have sense. To use that energy in some way. Yeah. And uh, uh, and the other thing that I tell people, too, is that um, if you have other dogs, let them comfort you. Because dogs get it. Mm -hmm. They understand that death is only change. 
Um, and when when a, a dog member of the family leaves, yes, they grieve just like the people do, but um, they understand it and they're able to, to offer comfort in a way that other human beings can't do. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people all the time, uh, let your dogs help you. Uh, let your dogs help you deal with this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, that, that often is, is helpful as far as people are concerned. Do you have recommendations or, you know, for what, have people asked you, because this is something that we've thought of as we've witnessed everybody adjusting to Lois's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and some, you know, dogs are kind of feeling a little down and I don't, you know, I'm clear that sure. I'm not just projecting and all this no. kind of stuff. Right. So like, you know, I mean, what I've said is, is talk to them, you know, just yep. talk to them Absolutely. and, and do, do fun stuff and just, you know, take care of them and, right. You know, get get exercise and and do you know, but just kind of be connected emotionally to them. Yes, yeah, um, and and understand too that they feel your sadness. Yeah, uh, as well as their own. Um, mm-hmm. Their own is is uh, a, a different kind of thing because, as I say, dogs get the fact that death has just changed, but um, uh, they they tend to um, you know mirror what's going on mm-hmm. with you, and so. You're exactly right. You know, offer them, uh, talk to them. and They understand everything that you're saying. And so let them know that you're working through this and you need their help. And let's go for a walk in the park and let's try to do something that will uh, be a fun thing. And we can remember Lois and smile about how she used to do this or that or the other thing. Mm -hmm. But you are still a valuable part of my life, too. And so Mm -hmm. they get all that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but... And and we, I think we underestimate um, what what animals can do for us as far as a, a grieving process is concerned. Yeah, well, it's definitely comforting to have them all. And oh, and sure. you bring up a, a a good point that applies to uh, in general is a great way to take care of your pet is to take care of yourself. Absolutely, in all sorts of Absolutely. ways because uh, oh, they yeah, really they do are, feel everything. They are, uh, you know, if if uh, you know if people are ill. I have, I talked with a woman a couple of months ago who was having some mobility issues with her uh, with her legs, and and she said it's it's the strangest thing. She says my dog is starting to limp, mm. and and uh, and I said and you took the dog to the vet. And she said oh I did, and I said was there anything wrong? And the, and the vet said no, there's nothing wrong at all. Mm. And I said are you limping? And she said yes. Mm. And I said well you might want to sit down with your dog and say. I appreciate the fact that you're sympathetic to what's going on with me, but we both don't need to limp. Yeah. Um, And I've seen dogs do that in a variety of situations over and over over the years where they, uh, I mean, talk about being tuned in to their people. Yeah. Um, They don't miss a thing. Yeah. All right. Well, before we're out of time, I want to make sure we give out this event information again. The Old Dog Haven 6th Annual Walk for Old Dogs is Sunday, July 23rd, 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Cromwell Park in Shoreline, uh, 18030 Meridian Avenue North in Shoreline. ODHWalkForOldDogs.org is the website for the event. OldDogHaven.org is their main website. Ardith will be there on the mic. Be sure to look uh, for her book that will be on sale there, which is excellent. We've talked about that um, a few years ago, I think, when that first came out. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, just a, a pleasure to have you um, back on the show, Ardith, and, and wonderful to talk with you. And thank you for all of the work that you 
and Old Dog Haven do for these lovely old dogs in the area. It's so, so awesome. Well, thank you, Julie, and, and it's always my pleasure to talk to you. Well, it was a great as part of my grieving process also to have this conversation, <laughs> and I look forward to uh, planting Lois's lilac tonight. I'll definitely Good. take a picture of that. And uh, take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Julie. Forbes. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.